at a passage of Scripture that relates to the, the song we just heard. But before we get there, I, I just wondered if you guys have ever found yourself in a situation where you got everything you wanted or what you thought you wanted and it turned out to be not what you wanted. And here, here's what I mean. I, in high school, I thought I wanted a, a ZR2 S10 Blazer. I don't know if y'all remember those things or not, but they were really cool. Like they were, the, they were high up and like they had skid plates underneath. And to me, that meant four-wheeler, like with air conditioning and heating. It was an awesome thing. And so... Uh, I finally got one after I graduated high school, and it wasn't as, ma- as amazing as I thought it might be. In fact, the day I, I bought it, I took it on, on a dirt road, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go climb that water bar. I got me a ZR2 Blazer. I can go anywhere I want. Well, it turns out the full drive didn't work. And so I got halfway up a water bar, went to back down, and wrapped the tailpipe around the axle. So, woohoo, that's fun, right? So I drove all the way to uh, the muffler place. <laughs> You know, all the way, sparks flying up behind me till I got there and got my awesome ZR2 Blazer fixed. Sorta. Next thing, the fuel pump went out. Oh, by the way, the seat doesn't work. Oh, by the way, if you like electronic stuff in a vehicle, you don't like this thing. Because the radio works some of the time. If you get out and you don't take the little uh, battery cable off of the battery, it goes dead. It's amazing. In fact, one time I had done that and I forgot to... I didn't latch the hood all the way back down. I went to take off, and like the hood flew back, and it folded over in the middle, and so I had this huge dent in the middle of my hood. And then the best thing about this thing is, uh, you know how you have delay on your windshield wipers? Well, mine was not set to minutes. Mine was set to weeks. And so, like, once a week or so, they would kick on. It was amazing. I remember I, I was going over to, to Mid-America in Memphis. It was whenever I was first going over there to go to seminary. Uh, the day I went, it was a deluge. Well, I, thankfully, I had invested in Rain-X, and so I had Rain-X on my windshield, but no windshield wipers. And it was raining hard. In fact, it was so hard, all I could see was these little bitty taillights that I knew were trucks' taillights. And so I just tried to gauge it, and I, I made it safe and made it back. Thankfully, I'm older and wiser now, sort of. Um, but there was a certain morning where... A buddy of mine and I, he, was, he pastored a church right down the road from where I pastored, and we would swap out who drove to seminary. It was like an hour away from where we lived, and so, you know, we took turns. Well, we had a, a pecan tree in the front yard, and it was really bad about leaking sap on windshields. And just to let you in on a little secret, when the sun's not up, you don't always see what's on your windshield, like you can see fine. But then when the sun begins to hit the sap on your windshield... You lose visibility pretty quickly. I was driving down the road. The sun hit the windshield. I couldn't see. Remember, I'm super wise. I rolled down the window. <laughs> that didn't work very well. In fact, uh, the friend who was riding with me stuck his head out the other window. He's like, hey, you should probably change lanes. And as soon as I did, I look, and like we missed this huge hole in the ground that they had been working in the road. And I was like, great. So anyway, we stopped, gas station, got a squeegee, uh, you know, washed off the windshield, everything was fine. I didn't need to think about windshield wipers till the next time. I almost died. But as I was thinking about that, that time in my life, about just how hard it was to see with that film across that windshield, I couldn't help but think about this passage. Or as I thought about this passage, I couldn't help but think about that time. Because you see, guys, I'm afraid what happens to us very often is we look at the world around us, we look at ourselves, we look at the people around us, we look at Jesus... Not as he would have us to see them, but as through a windshield covered with sap in the early morning sunlight. We don't really see things the way he wants us to see them. 
Our perspective is all off. Our perspective is all wrong. And so when we come to Luke chapter 7, we see Him sort of take a squeegee to, the, to our hearts to open up our eyes so that we can see things the way He would have us to see them. And so this morning, as we look at Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, I want us to see first off that Jesus changes the way we look at people. He changes the way we look at people in our lives. And so verse 36 of Luke chapter 7, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster, alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. Father, I pray that you be with us this morning. God, we know that our time together is wasted if you don't meet with us. And so, Father, I pray that you would meet with us. I pray that you'd come and that you'd fill our hearts, open our hearts to see your truth, open our eyes to see your truth. God, I pray that you would give us the strength we need to respond to you. God, I pray that you would change us, God, and we need you to change us this morning. God, we can't change apart from your power. God, I pray that you would make us new, that you would make us who you would have us to be. God, that we would not leave here being the people that we came in, but God, that you would change us forever and that through us you would change the world around us. God, we ask you for these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so this lady comes in and she creates maybe one of the most awkward moments ever. Like, that they, they have gathered in this Pharisee's house. The Pharisee would have been a very religious guy, very by-the-book guy, very rules-oriented person. Well, she comes in, and she begins to anoint Jesus' feet. And, and, and as this woman is beginning to anoint his feet, apparently she is so overwhelmed with emotion, she begins to weep. And, and the wording here is so that we understand, like, she's not just, like, got little tears. You know, I don't know how you cry typically. When I cry, it's like one tear. It's not because I'm... A, you know, ashamed of crying. It's just I'm not very good at it. And even that looks really painful if you saw my face. But, but she, she's weeping like she, her tears are just flowing out of her eyes. So much so that as she's trying to anoint Jesus' feet, she's soaking His feet with her tears. You know, sometimes we think of this as something she meant to do. She is so overwhelmed with emotion of being in His presence, she can't help but just weep. And as she weeps, she's like, oh, let me clean this up. And so she's taking her hair, the only thing she has available to her, to try and wipe up all the tears. Can you imagine the embarrassment of coming in, trying to do something wonderful and glorifying for the Lord? And as you're there, you can't help but just start bawling. Man, I'm in His presence. I can't help it. I have to. And so she's just crying as she takes her, her alabaster box and pours out this ointment on His feet. It, many scholars believe that this would have cost about a year and three quarters worth of wages per pound. The stuff that she's pouring on his feet. That's some expensive perfume, right? Work for two years and you get a pound of this stuff. That's some amazing perfume. That's some amazing ointment. And so as Jesus is sitting there with his feet behind him, she's doing this in everyone's presence. 
Like I said, I, I mean, can you imagine the awkwardness? I, like it's somewhat awkward when you're around someone who's just so emotional, they, you know, they can't hold it together. My, my wife and I have this experience pretty regular. I've gotten used to it over the years. But can you imagine as you're sitting there and you're expecting some sort of religious, theological, you know, emotionally detached debate, and here this lady is in this formal setting messing the whole thing up. That, this is the, the experience that she has. Th- think about as Simon and the rest of them is watching as she is crying. Think about the, the Pharisee as he's watching this take place in his home. Here he is, he finally gets some face time with this new teacher who's so popular. He's finally going to show him up and show how much smarter he is than he is. And Jesus is sitting there having this woman, allowing this woman to touch him. This woman of the city who was well known as a sinner apparently. This woman who was known as someone who was not to be touched because she might make you unclean. Jesus is allowing her to wash his feet with her tears and her hair. He's absolutely appalled and disgusted. He's absolutely offended by what he sees in front of him. And so Simon is looking and he says, if this dude was for real, like if he was a legit prophet, he would know who this lady is. And he would know she's a sinner. He would know all the stuff she's done wrong. He would know just how terrible of a person she is. See, he didn't see a woman washing Jesus' feet. He saw a sinner. Jesus, thankfully, doesn't see a sinner. He sees someone who needs forgiveness. You see, Jesus, when he looked at her, he didn't see all the wrong she had done. He saw all that he was going to make her into. He, he didn't see her past mistakes. He saw her potential for change through the power of the gospel. See, when we come to Christ, and we'll see this even more here in a minute, when we come to Christ, he changes the way we look at people. Simon couldn't see who this lady was because of the covering of his own self-righteousness. He couldn't understand why Jesus would allow this to happen because all he could think about is how much better he is than she is. Now, I wonder this morning, guys, if sometimes the reason why we don't see the potential in other people's lives who are sinners is because we can't see past our own self-righteousness. We can't see past their own disgust at their sin. As, oh, we are better. I I wonder sometimes if our judgment doesn't so cloud our vision that we can't see them the way that Jesus sees them. We can't see them as people who need grace, who can be changed by the gospel. I, I, I wonder if we don't see them as people who God can use and people who can change, but simply as people who you shouldn't allow into your life, people who are sinners. Jesus wants to change the way we look at the people around us. And not just, guys, we've we got to understand this. Like, it's not just, you know, those folks out there. It's, it's also those folks in here, right? Because sometimes we know more about the people we go to church with than we do anybody else, and we know how big a sinner they are. Oh, they're a Christian. If they were a Christian, they wouldn't act like that. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot that Christians are perfect and never mess up. Now, we, we have to show the same grace to each other that God has shown to us. We have to be willing to look at people and see where they are but not just see where they are, see where God can take them. See what Jesus can do in their lives. And so Simon looks and he says, she's a sinner. Jesus looks and says, no, she's someone who the gospel will change. Then we come to verse 40 and we see that this, this woman actually helps us understand Jesus and see Jesus differently. Look at verse 40. And Jesus answering said to him, 
Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Speak on, brother. Verse 41. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. So Jesus, remember, Jesus hears our thoughts. He knows what we're thinking. And so he knows this, this Simon, this Pharisee, is judging not only him, but this lady. And so he says, basically, you think I don't know, but I actually do know. He says, let me tell you a story. He said, there, there were two guys. And they both owed money to the same loan shark, to somebody who gave them some money who expected pay, being paid back with interest. And he said, this guy who loaned them money looked at them and said, you know what, fellas? Y'all don't owe me nothing. Just write it off. He said, now one of them owed this much, a small amount, a good amount, but not, you know, not nothing. It was a pretty good amount. But the other one owed like five times that. He owed a ton to this guy. He said, now Simon, who's going to be more happy about being forgiven that debt? The one who, was, who owed some or the one who owed like everything? And Simon's answer is, well, I suppose. He realizes he's trapped. The way that he words his answer here is sort of like, I know you got me, but I'm going to answer anyway. I know you're about to make me look dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. He said, well, of course, it would have to be the one who was forgiven more. And Jesus is like, good job, buddy. You did good. But, and then we cut it. You've answered rightly. Good job. Then we come to verse 44. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Verse 45 says, You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil. But she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many. Jesus doesn't say that she's not a sinner. He doesn't debate that. Which are many are forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Jesus says basically, listen, Simon. I know you think you got it all figured out, and I know you think that you know, you're top of the food chain, religiously speaking. But let's compare your reaction to me and this lady's reaction to me. I come in, you don't give me the basic necessities of greeting a, a friend, of greeting someone who comes into your house. You, you didn't do the least you could do, Simon. But this lady, she's over here washing my feet with her tears. She's over here anointing my feet with this like $50,000 a pound perfume. So guess what, Simon? I, I know that she's a sinner. I know you think that I don't know she's a sinner, but I know she's a sinner, and let me tell you, she's really good at it. She's a big sinner, Simon. She has committed a lot of sins. I know that, and I know you think that she ought to be judged for that. But what you don't know, Simon, is that she's been forgiven because she loved much, because she has been forgiven much. He says, Simon, she, she's sort of like a kid uh, you know, that is just so excited about something. She, they, she just can't handle it. She's, she's pumped 
that I've come into town and she is excited to be in my presence where you, you, you could care less. You've treated me like somebody who doesn't even deserve a, you, know, a, a, you to clean up the house for them, just some normal person. Why? Because Simon doesn't see any real need for Jesus in his life. He doesn't understand what Jesus offers him. This woman understands and values Jesus more than anything else in her life. She gives up any dignity she had. I mean, it had to be humiliating, right, to walk into a place that she was not invited. Most of the time at these public gatherings, they would leave the door open so that anybody who wasn't invited could sort of come in and fill the, the overflow space. She walks in uninvited, so she doesn't have a seat. She's expected to sit on the outside to, to sort of show, you know, politeness and that sort of thing because she's, you know, undesirable in that culture. But she walks in, and she walks right past all these people who are staring her down, saying, what is she doing here? She walks right up to the center of attention. She gets down on her knees behind Jesus as his feet are back behind him, and she begins to anoint his feet, and she begins to weep so loudly and so uh, over, overwhelmingly that she has to use her tears to wipe up the excess water. Talk about losing your so-called dignity. This had to be humiliating for her. It was going to cost her everything. This is not a small gift that she gives to Jesus. Does she care? No. Because Jesus has forgiven her much. So she loves much. She knows who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Jesus offers her hope. Hope for a better tomorrow. Hope for transformation. She has been forgiven by Him. And so she is willing to do whatever it takes to show her love and her passion for him. Where Simon, his windshield is all gunked up, and all he can see is how righteous he is. All he can see is how he deserves for Jesus to show him attention and not this woman. He doesn't, he doesn't see the, the, this uh, problem in his life. He, you see, our, our knee-jerk reaction when we come to this passage is to look at how Simon treats this woman and be like, dude, you've got to quit judging people. And we should quit judging people. But... That's not actually Simon's problem. His problem isn't that he thinks he's so much better than this lady as it is that he doesn't think he needs Jesus. See, Simon's problem wasn't the way he looked at the people around him. That was actually a result of his ultimate problem, which was he did not see Jesus the way he should. He did not understand just how amazing Jesus is and how much forgiveness he had been given. So Jesus doesn't look at Simon and say, listen, dude, you need to quit judging people. He looks at Simon and says, you don't understand. This woman loves me and you don't. You don't understand. You don't understand what she has been forgiven. You don't understand what you need to be forgiven of. He said, look at all she's done for me. You want to know the difference between you and her, Simon? She loves me and you don't. She's aware of her sinfulness and her need of a Savior and you're not. He said, Simon, you know what? I know you don't love me because you didn't treat me as special. This woman has done everything she can to treat me as special. Guys, our problem this morning isn't so much how we look at the people around us as it is how we look at Jesus, how we worship Him. Did you know if you worship Jesus the right way, that how you look at other people will take care of itself? Our view of people around us is directly related to our view of Christ. Our understanding of the gospel is going to actually decide how much grace we show to the people around us. It's also going to show and be seen in the way that we worship. I wonder when the last time was that you worshiped wastefully. When was the last time you were humiliated for walking with Him? 
When's the last time you made yourself out to be a fool because of the passion you have for Jesus? Simon is not going to do anything. He's going to remain respectful. He's going to remain polite because he's afraid of being embarrassed. This lady doesn't care. Guys, if you were to look at your life this past week, not the things that you said you care about, but the things you actually show you care about, would you say that you're passionate about Christ? Like, if we were to go to your family and say, hey, would you say that your dad's passionate about Jesus? If we were to go to your coworkers and, and say, hey, is, is she passionate about Christ? Would they say, oh, he's a Christian? I had no idea. Oh, I, I had no idea that person believed in Jesus. That's amazing. Or would they say, man, let me tell you, she does believe in Christ, and it's really a little annoying how happy she is all the time. I'm talking about how much she loves Jesus. But to, <laughs> wait, we have to be careful here because sometimes we equate loving Jesus with telling other people they're wrong. Simon's the one doing that. Now, he doesn't love Jesus at all. This woman's willing to give up herself to love Christ. Not to show out, not to prove a point, but simply because she wants to love him. Her passion for Christ moves her to do this. I wonder, do you have that perspective of Jesus this morning? Or do you have the perspective of Simon that says, eh, I can take him or leave him. It's really not that big a deal. This woman also helps us to see who Jesus is. Jesus helps us to see who the people around us are. And then finally this morning in verses 48 and through 50, we see that Jesus changes the way we look at ourselves even. In verse 48, And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus changes the way this lady was to view herself, the way we are to view ourselves. He looks at her and he says, your sins are forgiven. And everybody in the crowd begins to say, who's this guy to say that this lady's sins are forgiven? Think, think, think through the, this moment. This woman who would have walked the street with her eyes down because she's afraid of the, the judgmental stares she would get from all the people around her. This woman who walked around with the shame of everybody judging her everywhere she went. Here she is in a public setting with everybody to hear. And Jesus looks around at the room and looks at her and says, Your sins are forgiven. You're clean. As far as I'm concerned, you're righteous. You're right with God. Not in private, but in front of everyone. And their response is... Uh, wait a minute, she's a sinner. And Jesus is like, you may see a sinner, but I see a saint. You, you may see someone who's cast out, but I see a child of the king. You may see someone who's dirty, but I see someone who I've cleansed. Someone who I've set free from shame. Someone I've set free from guilt. You see, Jesus answers their question with, who, who is it that says, uh, who is it that forgives sins? Well, that would be God himself. And Jesus gets the final say, and so he looks at them, and he says, I tell you, her sins are forgiven. Then it's almost as if he knows the pressure that this lady must be under as everyone around her is continuing to judge her. And he looks at her, and he says, your faith has saved you. He reaffirms her. Your faith has saved you. Not your good works, not your good intentions, not your affirmation that you're going to try harder. No, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go live a full life, a whole life, 
with the blessings of the Lord upon you. Go be set free from the sin, uh, from the chains of sin and guilt and shame. Go and walk with the Lord freely. Be set free from that prison. Because, guys, it, it's true, right? It, I mean, if we're not careful, we'll allow what we've done in the past to, to sort of hold us in. And so the, the Satan will just bring it up over and over again. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Remember who you were? They'll never listen to you. You don't remember who you were. You, you can't move forward. Keep looking backward. You, you can't let go of all that stuff. And Jesus says, no, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Go walk with the Lord. Go walk with His smile upon your face. Go walk knowing that He loves you. Go walk knowing that you are saved and that you are forgiven. Don't let anyone accuse you anymore. Your job is not to please the people around you. Your job is simply to live for Him. Like it is so free when you don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks anymore. When you can walk and say, Lord, I, I want to serve you and I want to love you and I want to please you. Public opinion will take care of itself at that point. Because people will see you living for Christ. But when we live trying to please the people around us, we end up like Simon. Th think about the difference between Simon's day after this and this lady's day after this. She wakes up free. He wakes up in prison, trying to please everyone around him, trying to earn God's favor, trying to impress himself. I wonder if that's you this morning. I wonder if you think this morning that you can somehow earn your way into God's presence, that you can somehow earn his favor and his love. Jesus gives his forgiveness. He gives his peace to this woman, not because she bought it, because she simply believed. Guys, be set free from the idea this morning that God's love for you is based on what you can do. It's based on what Christ has done. He calls us to give Him all of our love. Why? Because He has given us eternal forgiveness and grace and freedom. Guys, what would happen this week if you started living this out in your life? If you started living as though Jesus has really set you free and really forgiven you of everything? Would you still live to try and please everybody else or would you live to please Him? What would this do to your relationship? Would you show your husband or your wife a little grace and a little mercy when they say something that they shouldn't or do something that they shouldn't? Would you show more patience? I mean, how much more patience would we have for each other if we really remembered every single day the reason I'm forgiven is because He forgave me, not because I earned it? Would you give your coworkers a pass when they cause you extra work by their mistakes? Would you be nicer to the other kids in class that everybody else makes fun of? Because what, what if you responded to your life as if you've been forgiven the greatest debt in the, in the history of the universe? What if you treated everyone as though Jesus has forgiven you everything? Because he has. Imagine a church full of people who live this way every day. Not as though we earned this salvation, not as though we earned his favor, but as if it was freely given to us. What cost is there left for it to be too much? What is there left for us to say, oh, that's too much, I, that's too much to ask of me? Nothing. He's given us everything. As this lady shows us, he show, she shows us what it looks like just to be completely unhinged, really. I mean, just, Jesus, whatever you want. But when we get a hold of this, guys, it changes the way that we worship. It changes the way we treat other people. It changes the way we approach everything in our lives. Because we've been forgiven of everything. And so I ask you this morning, have you been set free? Have you been forgiven? Has He forgiven you? Have you asked Him to forgive you? Do you want Him to? 
You know, it's amazing as we read this passage of Scripture, we never hear anything this woman says. You may be saying, you know what, I'd love to be set free, I'd love to be forgiven, but I don't know what to say. I don't even know where to begin. She never said a word that we know of. Yet Jesus looks at her and says, you are saved because of your faith. You are forgiven because of your faith in me. Go in peace. Don't be afraid of trying to say the right thing. Just trust on Him. Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to forgive me. You know what he'll say? Your sins, which are many, and I know them all, are forgiven. Would you trust on him this morning? If you're a believer and you've been it, you've experienced this forgiveness, would you show that forgiveness? Would you show that grace? Would you commit this morning saying, Lord, I want to live for you. I don't want to live to please me. I want to live to please you and you alone. If you would stand with us, and I'm going to pray for us. And after I pray, we're going to have a moment of, uh, of invitation, a moment of time to respond to the Lord. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. That